All right, uh, welcome everyone. This is our uh, first uh, podcast, uh, that podcast, where we discuss some topics related to tech and software development. So here today with me and one first uh, in our uh, first episode, Tatiana, she is an attorney uh, in data compliance. So can you introduce yourself, Tatiana? Yeah, sure. So, hey, everybody. My name is Tatiana Rice. Uh, I am an attorney based in the U.S. in Washington, D.C. Um, most of my work involves data privacy, data compliance, helping companies um, really get an idea of all of the different data privacy laws there are out there, all the regulations, and then get in compliance with them, as well as like helping them in the event that there is litigation or a lawsuit. Um, I am going to give a full disclaimer here. Um, anything that I say here should not be taken as legal advice. Um, yeah. You should separately consult with somebody about your specific situation. Um, and this isn't the views of my employer as well. Um, but otherwise, I'm really excited to talk just generally about data privacy and hopefully give a little bit of um, context for technical people out there who are wondering about how to navigate this weird murky waters. Yeah, sounds great. So just I'm gonna put on, on your point, confirm on your point that uh, anyone is hearing now, hearing us now, shouldn't take our discussion as like a pro, uh, a professional consultant. You, if the case is different in law, and you should always seek someone privately in law for your case. Correct. So so yeah. So but just a little bit introduction uh, for the episode for who is listening to us. As you all know, like. Each business now, uh, is regulated somehow. Like we have like the drug regula- regulation for the drug, regulation for the communication. And now every day and then the software development become more and more regulated. It is not just like you have an idea or you have a product and you give it to people. You have to think about where, what is the data and how is, how are you that complies with the law, essential data compliance. So to start, uh, with you, Tatiana, I'm gonna uh, ask you a question just to get a, a main idea because uh, we know in law it's always can get complicated. So each, uh, so I think it would be easier for who listen to us is uh, to state whether the statement is for the for the US or for the law or for the European country, because the laws can be different. Yeah. Like just an introduction, how would you, like four or five years old say, why have the laws like deal with the data? Like it does not harm, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, It's really interesting right now because, you know, you're exactly right. The laws are fairly different based on where you're located. So um, if you are a company, let's say, in the EU and you are collecting data from people in the EU, you're going to be governed by something called the GDPR, um, which is entirely different than if you were um, collecting data from people in the U.S., um, specifically if you're collecting data from people in California, you'd be governed by the CCPA, um, the California Consumer Pre- uh, Protection Act, which is entirely different. Like there are some similarities between the two, um, but they are different regulations and they do govern, unfortunately, a little bit different on how you are collecting data, what you need to be disclosing, what kind of consents you need to be getting um, and all of that. So 
we like to talk about something called privacy by design in this space, which means that like, of course you should be collecting data because it is this like huge area where you're be where you're able to create like really innovative products um, and do really in-depth data analytics. Um, but also considering like, okay, this is something that people are afraid of, even if they don't quite understand it um, and how it works. Like it's a consideration, especially for like consumers that you might be working with that they want to know that, you know, you're taking their privacy seriously. So um, you have the GDPR, you have the CCPA. And then in the U.S., you also have um, a lot of different kind of patchwork of data privacy laws. A patchwork of data privacy laws, just kind of based on what industry you're in. So if you're in like a financial industry and you're collecting a lot of financial data, for example, that's going to be governed different or that's going to be under like financial regulations um, as opposed to, let's say, health information, which is going to be governed by HIPAA in the U.S. So um, there's a lot of different ways to consider it um, and how, so, what so, kind of data you're collecting. Yeah, so you are saying one way like to tackle the legal issue of the data is that uh, the government or the regulator thinks about the purpose of the data. What, what is the type of the data, right? If you are collecting right, exactly. something for uh, health, it it like uh, get declassified what the laws related to the data for health or patient. Uh, or if it is a banking or transaction, different kinds of rule, correct? So, yeah, so you yeah, mentioned that is exactly right. Yeah, yeah. So you mentioned the, these these kind of laws. Like I know from my back uh, background that the US you have uh, uh, laws be state and laws that are federal. All these data federal or be state. So in the United States, it's governed by the state. So there is no uniform federal law in the United uh-huh. States. GDPR so, yeah. in the EU, yeah, yeah is more so, all-encompassing. Yeah. So, so there is no like agency in the American government, say like FDA for the food or FCC for the communication. They there is no dedicated agency for that, right? It is right, now like exactly. it is a bit chaotic, and you have to deal what. Which, which uh, maybe say like which state your company is incorporated? Right. Yep, that's right. right. That's right. Um, I will say for the most part, um, yes. a lot of the data protection is governed by the FTC, the Federal Trade Commission, uh-huh. um, just because it generally relates to consumer protection. It is FTC. But again, like, yeah, yeah, I see. I see your point. Yeah. yeah. But it is, but you, but they say the FTC is like more abroad for a consumer concern, not specialized in data. Right. Yeah. That's why you get to, to follow also yeah. the state laws. Sorry, repeat that. Yeah, I mean, uh, what what I got from your point is that the, you called it FCA, like federal FTC. Cons- FTC. Yeah. They are they are concerned about the consumer that the cons- consumer should be aware. Yep. But they are, but they don't take the data in much in depth details as much as, for example, the California Act, correct? Yeah. So there's no separate agency specifically for data collection, data practices, anything like that. California doesn't have that either. It's just right now generally enforced by the state attorney general. Um, but there actually was a recent amendment to the CCPA which is actually creating a state agency in California specifically for 
data regulation. Yeah, it makes sense. So, so are, are we? Uh, so, to me now, I'm I'm saying that if we are on a race of data regulation between the states in the United States, California is uh, like is going fast, right? Like relative mm-hmm. to other state. Mm-hmm. But, but do you do you? I, we will come to California again. I think there is like a huge incentive for California because there are many tech companies there. But but do you ex- speculate or do you see that at some point in the future? Because you know this is uh, continuously development. Uh, uh, it is continuously like developing the 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 loads of the data and how the human interacts with that. So do you anticipate that at some point the United States will say, well, at, we have to to make an agency for that or something? Yeah, yeah. Like I mean, they're the going to have to. Um, I, it's so unrealistic for companies and software engineers to be able to comply with all of these different laws rather than just one uniform law. And you have a lot of like the big players actually pushing for federal legislation for that reason. I see. So, so yeah, yeah, it makes sense. So then, I if I want to attract, for example, my product for the U.S. market, or if I develop anything software for the U.S. market, I don't have to think about each state laws. I just comply with the federal regulation, and to be that's it. I mean, it may not be that simple, but but this may be yeah. the point where 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 a federal uh, agency for that. So yeah, that would be the ideal. Yeah. <laughs> so, so for now, like speaking, keep, keeping in the, staying in the U.S. regulation. If I want, if I want to, like, have a user interact with my app. Let's say I'm not sure what's gonna is gonna that they store their data, and it is open for for if I if like. Like it makes sense if I say I am open to the U.S. market, then it means for all the states. So do I have like to hire a lawyer or do I have to go to every and check every state registration or laws about the data and make sure I I comply with them? Yes. I mean, like generally, yes, you should. Um, There are what are called like jurisdictional requirements. So like the California Consumer Protection Act. you technically only need to abide by it if you are marketing to California for, I think it's like 10,000 people or households. So if you are a small company and you only have like, let's say a thousand users right now, um, Mm -hmm. you're probably fine. Um, You're probably not going to be subject to that law. Um, And just to be clear, not every state right now has these data protection laws. It's just California right now. Um, A couple other states have like biometric laws. Um, or like data breach laws, but California and also Virginia now are the only states that have comprehensive data privacy laws in the U.S. California and Virginia, I see. Yeah, 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 it it makes sense. So it's continuously changing topic. Yeah, I, I think I heard about that, not sure where, but it was in my mind that as soon as the company like hit a threshold, of like mm-hmm. profit of user, then exactly. they have to be more uh, like concerned about their regulation because at that point, like the uh, the government or just start to make interest about how, how they generate money or do they, and they don't uh, take it like 
much about like small businesses or if you have low amount of user or correct yeah yeah that's true but i will say like at this point uh companies should be aware that like data privacy laws are going to be here and they're going to be here to stay so it's easier if on the front end of your development you're kind of thinking about privacy rather than a law comes up that you think applies to you and then you have to change everything so it's more of a proactive measure i would say to be looking into these and thinking about them even yeah, yeah. at the beginning stages of development yeah 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 totally better safe than sorry they said yeah so i think i got a lot of uh, useful information from you about the uss regulation and data so yeah i have like come on of a question that i think so yeah another question like comes to my mind usually is that you know uh that i usually live somewhere like uh if i store the data say example in uh in my user's data or or whatever, if I steal it in a specific uh, state, do I have to comply with that state? Or or is it like in some case that do some state require if if you handle this kind of user, if you uh, deal with user, you have to stay to save the data physically in that area or something like that. Do you have any? Yeah, so uh, usually it's doesn't matter where you're storing the data. Um, regulators are more concerned with where the user is located. Um, uh-huh. So like like what I said, if somebody was located in California and they're collecting their data, that would subject you to California's, or if you're hitting the threshold, I should say, of mm-hmm. California users that are more concerned with that. There is one caveat to that, which is if you are storing the data and you are, let's say, allowing a third party or like transferring the data across lines, like in specifically in the EU, they're really concerned about data transfers across um, borders, especially where the protections in other states are not at the same level of scrutiny as where the company is. So like, for example, if you're a German company uh-huh. and you are working with a vendor that's, um, let's say, in Brazil. And Brazil doesn't have the same kind of GDPR protection as Germany does. Um, You need to have specific protections in your contract with this organization that's in Brazil to make sure that they are hitting the same level of regulations and expectations that you are subject to in the EU because you're in Germany. Does that make sense? I mean... I mean, what I got from you is that you uh, described a situation or a scenario where I want to handle or like my services or something to a country where there are no laws about the data or it is hard to like to get sense about there or it's not regulated yet. And it is right. It is so if you're very... storing your data elsewhere, then that is a problem. Yeah. And then. And then you're saying that if uh, if I'm originally like from uh, from a country where it is GDPR applicant, then if I want to attract other country, either like send my data there or get my data there, I have to write like state on the contract, like like is it, if if there is no regulation, then 
you like disclose this is the regulation I am following, even thought I don't know about what is you do with your regulation or something like that. Right. Yeah, exactly. So again, this is a part where you probably need to learn a little bit more about, let's say, GDPR um, and the specific regulations and restrictions that you are under and like what expectations there are, like what is what is, what is reasonable security for um, your data management. Um, those same regulations are going to need to be what is in your contract with your vendor that is storing your data elsewhere. So. So, so, so they require a specific like, uh, uh, like points or uh, bullet points to be in the contract. Yeah. Yep. See, interesting. So, yeah, the more you know. Yeah. So another area I would like to we to go around. Like we talked about, for now, we talked about, uh, like, so far, like the scenario we discussed is that usually for a big companies or or something serious. But let's talk now more uh, about, like, just people who own the websites and they want to have uh, Google Analytics in it. I'm mm -hmm. just saying Google Analytics because Google Analytics is very popular, you know, product and it. Uh, right. Kind deals or cookies, which is sensitive things. So, so let's say scenario one: I'm using Google Analytics, and my website is accessed for all the American people. What uh, what uh, th thing should I do? You know, to to follow our philosophy that better safe than sorry. Right. Yeah. So if you're using get Google Analytics, you're probably using like cookies, you're, you know, looking at their IP address, um, things like that, all of which is categorized as personal information. So again, depending on where your users are from, if they're from California, if they're from the EU, um, you're going to have different uh, requirements on how you collect that data. So if you're running a website, probably the two largest things I would say to look out for is you need to have a cookie banner. So if you are if you are doing cookies, which I assume you probably are, um, you need to have a banner stating so that you are collecting cookies and that person has to accept it. Um, in the EU, there's even more um, stringent requirements. So they actually have to have like an I accept button or um, something that allows the user to actually opt in to use of the cookies. Whereas in the US, I think they're a little bit more relaxed. Um, you can just notify people and it's fine. Um, the second thing besides cookies is, of course, a privacy policy. That is a huge thing that you need to have on your website um, and is a really easy way for people to go after you if you don't. Um, and in your privacy policy, again, it's kind of subject to the law in which your users are from. Um, but usually you need to have information about what kind of data you're collecting. Um, so in the Google Analytics example of IP information, you're probably connecting um, the cookies, the, I don't know, other kind of data that Google Analytics yeah. pulls about. Um, you're going to have to tell them who you're sharing with. You, maybe you don't have to say exactly who you're sharing with. So you don't have to say you use Google Analytics, but you would need to say you share with vendors for marketing purposes. Yeah, um, I don't have to state like uh, legally to state their name, but I have to say that there is other 
like entity may look right. Look like. Yeah, people just want to know how you're using their data, and most importantly, they want to know if you're selling it because um, that's probably what most people are concerned about. I see. Yeah. So this is the most specific is when you're selling it. So, so yeah. So to have like a, a ask people about their consent. Yeah, when I did the research, that comes up a lot uh, to ask people about their consent, and it seems true that the American laws so far, so far, it's not that restrictful as uh, GDPR. And yeah, then we right. have to say exactly what we are collecting, and I believe that, like Google Analytics by technology, collect their IP address, their browser, their device. You know that mm -hmm. any like. And it is some some of that like uh, it is like it is personal, but it is may not be personal. It may be uh, also classified as anonymized because you may not get the true identity, mm -hmm. but you still, uh, as you say, uh, store uh, private information. So right. do do the anonymization play some role either in the GDPR or the, in California? Yeah, so under either law, honestly, um, if there is no way to trace back the data to the specific person, they don't categorize it as personal information. Um, but there is a couple caveats to that. So if you are collecting what's called sensitive information, so let's say you are, you know, doing facial recognition, um, even if let's say the facial recognition, I guess, is maybe more of object detection for computer vision. Um, and you're just trying to detect humans. Like you're not even trying to identify the specific human. Um, you are just saying like, this is a human as opposed to this is a portrait, this is a bed, et cetera. Um, that kind of information is, even though it's not tied to a specific identified person, is something you should disclose in your privacy policies because even if it is regulatory and you're like good compliance wise, people might still sue you and they likely will if you are a large enough company just because you're doing that practice and if they aren't aware about it, like this is happening all over the place in Illinois because Illinois has something called the Illinois Biometric Privacy Act, um, which allows people and consumers to sue companies if a company doesn't get their affirmative consent, kind of like what you were just talking about. And so companies are getting like really stuck in this, in this law, even though it's sometimes it's aggregated, sometimes it's done in a way that's like completely encrypted. So even if somebody hacked into the system and they're looking at it, they're just going to see like an encryption. They're not going to see, they're not going to be able to actually reverse engineer it to create a fingerprint or a face print or whatever. Um, which is like a really great thing that companies do to be able to secure the data, but that doesn't always mean that they're not going to be subject to liability. Um, so kind of at the end of the day, sorry to go off a little bit of a tangent, but um, it yeah, is a good yeah, idea to, yeah. to disclose these things and say, we're, this information is decrypted or encrypted. It is aggregated. There is no way that we are able to reverse engineer it to identify you as a person. I see. So, 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 yeah. So, you, you, you made a, an important example about the state of Illinois, where some some people uh, like sue companies because it is uh, 
the state Illinois have some restricted uh, like uh, consumer lien laws. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So so it is it it is was like because they they sued the like the scenario was that someone was living in Illinois and then they sued the company because they like told the court or they I didn't know what they did with me or what my data. Yeah, exactly. Even, so this even is, thought even thought they the data was encrypted. Right, exactly. Even and this could even go for like let's say you're using public data sets to be able like to train AI. If yeah. that data set has Illinois residents within the data set, like that could be an issue. And it has been an issue for companies. They've been sued because they're using data sets of people from Illinois. Um, and like, usually it's fine. Like the judge will dismiss it because they, it's kind of crazy. Um, but that again, doesn't mean that you're not going to get subject to lawsuits. So something to be aware of. And just like, again, being really clear, um, in your privacy policy or elsewhere that like, Hey, we, we cannot do like, there's not going to be an issue here, right? We're encrypting it. We're doing everything possible to secure your data. Um, in a way that's not going to um, harm you. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Like I never knew about that. These kind of like uh, laws in Illinois, like mm-hmm. made a lot of fetish for this, for money companies. It seems. Yeah, yeah. So actually, this is a lot of what I do right now. Um, just because like Illinois employers all over the place are getting sued, um, even from like nursing homes, really small businesses unfortunately, just because it's statutory damages, which is what we call something where you don't have to prove um, that you're actually harmed by the company's conduct, Uh right? So there was no data breach associated, like the mere collection of the data without informing the person of it is enough for a consumer to sue and be able to get damages. See, see. I anticipate like this kind of laws when they were bought, they didn't like uh, the, the the point of them wasn't like for this kind of situation about the data and like mm-hmm. sometimes it's some people may take it to the extreme and sue the company and like I'm, yeah. I'm not saying we're not I'm not saying that the, who's uh, who did right or did wrong or can judge anyone but it seems that yeah like some people taking the advantage of that law which was right. meant for something else exactly yeah you're exactly so, right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, I I feel like uh, uh, usually people let's take a, a bit of money of that big giant company. Who cares? <laughs> yeah, this may like uh, yeah. be the vibe of someone who who heard about. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, always like if from the media or from uh, that like uh, here, like you come to hear from the US about really, really. Like some uh, unexpected uh, lawsuits between consumer and companies, and and like and and it uh, yeah because of like the way the U.S. Constitution mm-hmm. I think is is made that they are in favor of the consumer. Yeah, I mean yeah, it, it makes sense to be favor of the consumer, but then it it add a li- a, I think a little bit to the companies should be aware about their laws. Yeah, Especially yeah, totally. You, and that's like part of the issue, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, one thing I will note is like, just be aware of when Facebook is getting sued. Like this is strangely accurate that like 
usually if Facebook's getting sued under a law, eventually it will like trickle down to the rest of like technology companies. So like this Illinois Biometric Privacy Act that I'm talking about, um, it was enacted in like 2008 or something. And it wasn't until Facebook got sued under it in uh, a couple of years later that other companies started to get sued. Like nobody was paying attention to this law until Facebook got sued. Um, and that's just generally kind of what does seek to happen. Um, so these these big guys do have a lot of power in how they're managing these kind of litigations and how those affect other companies. Mm -hmm. Interesting. So it is just like a chain of something, someone triggered something and uh, no one like made attention to that hold in the law. But as soon mm -hmm. as someone like view it, other like craze to take advantage of that. Exactly, exactly. Interesting. So, so so you mentioned about the data, and uh, yeah, when like we have to be careful. Like if I am a developer or a data scientist or data analysis, I have to be careful if I want to use a data available for a resident of Illinois. I have to be careful mm -hmm. about that. That's a good yeah, point. Especially well. I at least as it relates to like biometrics, which is like yeah. any kind of face scan, finger scan, hand scan. Yeah. Yeah, but I would, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. But there are also, uh, you know, the, the, the concept of uh, open data set. For example, like uh, the official website of the US uh, data.gov, I guess it is, where they have, see, uh, it is not it is not a personal information or a private information, but it is still like open data if anyone wants to use it for a different purpose. Mm -hmm. So I, I I guess like for this kind of data set, one shouldn't be like concerned if it is uh, like officially disclosed as open. Yeah, yeah. So even if something is open, that doesn't necessarily mean that it's legal. Um, unfortunately, kind of like what we were saying before, like if it if it implicates, let's say, California or like Illinois residents, um, it could be a problem. Um, so kind of just doing your diligence in that. So, yeah, yeah. So be like, so so you know, but the uh, the internet, like you can find like open data set everywhere. Like how do like do you have an advice? or like someone who want to analyze this data or want to use it in some way, what they shall do before they start it? Is there like a reference? Can I ask like uh, if the data if the, from the US or somehow can, is there some entity that is trusted? If that entity say it is open, then, then I can't trust that entity or somehow like a recognized university or like a official website of the government. Mm -hmm. Yes, I mean, like the easiest thing to do is just Google <laughs> the data set um, and just see if other companies have had issues. So like I know there's been large data sets, I want to say associated with like IBM's diversity of faces data set um, that's used to train models. I think that has caused issues. Um, but I think in terms of like government versus data sets that are maybe owned by somebody, those are very different. Um, things to think about, right? So if you're using like a government site um, yeah. that's pretty open, you're probably not going to have a whole lot of issues with it because the government likely did do their diligence in collecting what they need to. 
On the other hand, if you're using a private company's public information, so um, LinkedIn, for example, if you are scraping data from LinkedIn, and a lot of people will be aware about this case, um, in their terms and conditions, it says, this is our data, like you can't, you can't scrape it, you can't collect it. Um, the private company will potentially go after you if you're large enough or if they, you know, want to largely um, because they say that they own that data. Even though you're able to publicly access it, you can go onto LinkedIn within an out and account. You can look at all their information, scrape it out um, and be able to use it for whatever purpose that you're using it for. Um, there's still legal implications with that, unfortunately, because that private company technically owns that data under their own terms and conditions. So this is something that is actually being litigated at the U.S. Supreme Court right now, um, trying to figure out what the legality of like web scraping is for like private companies like Facebook, LinkedIn, things where you can see it publicly, but it technically belongs to the private institution. Um, seeing, okay, do they actually own the data? Do they have a right to be able to sue over it, et cetera? Um, so that's just something to keep in mind. Um, when you are scraping, but again, it is going to like depend on the size of your organization and how much you're really scraping. Um, I can go into scraping for a long time, so I will, I will stop here, but, um, I think it is a good idea to look into it a little bit more, especially looking at, um, the other cases that have happened and thinking about, okay, how large, how much scraping am I doing? How large of an entity am I? Is this a real threat? Is this um, do I actually think I might risk litigation if like, let's say LinkedIn finds out, um, or do I think I'll be okay? So like, if you're using the data for like educational purposes, you're probably fine. But if you are going out and then selling that data, probably more of an issue. I see. I see. So, so I think uh, you brought here a interesting uh, uh, case where you said that uh, a company scraped the, uh, the content of LinkedIn, of the LinkedIn website, and mm -hmm. then they use that content in their business. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So LinkedIn say, hey, guys, you can just take our content and then use it to your business. It is our content. And this is what the case now in the U.S. Supreme Court, correct? Yep. So they're trying to figure out whether um, that's technically a violation of like U.S. federal law um, called the Computer Fraud and Abuse Act. So they're largely looking at whether web scraping from like a publicly available source, though owned by a private company, is illegal or whether it's legal. So the U.S. Supreme Court is looking at that right now. So when you say the U.S. Supreme Court, is it like a, it is a state? Uh, it is a, a U.S. Supreme Court of the of a specific state or, or, or the federal? The, yeah, the entire United States. So when the U.S. Supreme Court decides this case, it will decide it for the entire United States. Like, it will be like, you are able to scrape data anywhere in the U.S. from any U.S. consumer. I see. They, so, yeah, yeah. so this is why everyone is waiting for that decision because then it can influence the decision of other companies if they want to scrape the data of other companies or other business entities, how much should we they care about that? Yep, exactly. Or, or how much they should be restricted? Oh, interesting. So, so, so I guess here 
we talked about uh, the data set as it uh, as it is being available and about scraping the data and i think like uh, like in terms of law there may be the same but technically it they are not the same because when you when you scrape the data is that you take data from here data from there data and then you put it kind of structure way to make use of it mm-hmm. this is when we are talking about scraping the data on the other hand when we have a data set it is that the data set it is already available and right. in a structured manner so i i don't know if that uh, like make any difference in law or something but but just like uh, maybe to to make sense for our listener because uh, when i for example mentioned the uh, government website data.gov it is that website already like give you dedicated database or dedicated data set that um, i didn't mean that you can scrape the content of the website because that may be two different things like when i said the data.gov uh, it is a website where you can download the initial data not by like looking browsing their pages and see what the mm. images mm-hmm. they have so yeah i think uh, this may be a bit uh, tricky to distinguish between but but yeah, yeah. it is like this kind of uh, uh, continuously like evolving this kind of the laws around that uh all right i mean it uh, so hmm. uh i think uh, we cover most of the question or uh, thoughts that comes on my he- around my head so uh, so yeah yeah uh one thing you said is that uh, if I have a website or an app or no matter what is it, and the user is accessing it or is using it, and then I have to comply with the laws of where that user is living. Yes. Yep, that's generally true. Again, there's going to be these thresholds that we talked about before. Um, yeah, yeah, whatever yeah. California is, whatever GDPR is. But yeah, that's but generally usually, like if the rule of thumb is that you should always be concerned like if you get uh, more data from a specific region always like make sure that you understand are you and you are in comply with the regulation of that region yeah yeah mm-hmm. i think that's yeah. generally right i think like when you're generally collecting data building whatever you're building um it's just important to remember okay what what data are you collecting who are you collecting it for? What is the purpose of that collection? Those are the three main things you should be considering. And those are like kind of going to govern exactly what kind of regulations like are going to be applicable. The, the policy and the regulation is that, again, you said the, the type of the data and uh, what what is the data we are collecting? Is it health or it is financial? And mm-hmm. who is the data from who? Who are, who are the people and why? Mm-hmm. why we are collecting that and i think also why leads to what we are doing with it yes yeah. like why or how 
Yeah. Are you collecting that just to keep a record of them, or are you using that for a machine learning model? Are you gonna right. sell it? Are you using it for ads? So this kind of like uh, say that the triangle of uh, of like a project that involves data, like shareholder have to think about this at some mm -hmm. point. Yep, exactly. Okay. So do you? Uh, uh, I would really thank you for being uh, with me today, Tatiana. It is my uh, pleasure having you and thank you for your time. I wonder if you would have also something else to add beside what we have discussed so far. Um, I don't think so. I mean, in, ter in terms of what we were discussing for like practical takeaways, you know, thinking about what data you're collecting, who you're collecting it from, what the purpose of that collection is. It's really just, important to do what's called like a data mapping exercise, which is where you are taking in all of this information about the data that you're collecting um, to have a better picture of what your organization is doing and what regulations and requirements are going to be um, applicable to you. So um, feel free to reach out to me if anybody has any questions. I'm always happy to give not legal advice, but um, just talk with you through maybe your issues. Um, you can find me on LinkedIn. My name is Tatiana Rice. Um, I think I can uh, link your LinkedIn profile in the podcast page. Perfect. I will, I will add your LinkedIn. Yeah. Great. Well, thank you for having me. Um, it was a pleasure to be able to speak with you and your audience. So thanks again. Yeah. Pleasure with me as well. I wish you a very pleasant day. Okay. Thank you. Thank you.